Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds. The good, the bad, the concerning, and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimi, our passionate heart. Yeah, I am. And me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes. Okay, back for another show. We'll just catch up and check in. How are you? I'm doing okay. Coming off of a long weekend, because last weekend was Mm -hmm. uh, family day here in uh, Ontario. And so this past week, even though it was short, it felt long as ever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate it when it feels like that. That's the worst. It's supposed to feel short. (laughs) Right. But it felt like it took, it just dragged on. But, you know, overall, I can't complain. It was nice time with family. And so... And a little rest and relaxation, so I can't complain. How about you? How you doing, girl? I'm doing pretty good, you know, trudging along. Uh, I guess, what was it, the, the family day weekend. Yeah, I just use that as an opportunity to to rest because the weeks, the weeks leading up to it were pretty hectic work-wise. So I was more than happy to veg out <laughs> that weekend. Yeah. And um mm-hmm. Yeah. So otherwise I'm okay. Yeah, I got to watch a movie which we'll talk about a little bit later, the Bob mm-hmm. Marley movie which was very very nice. I I liked it. So we'll discuss a little bit more later on, but other than that, it sounds like we had a pretty good week. Nice. Know? Okay, so let me jump <clears throat> into the headlines. So Again, we just want to say, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Continue to like, subscribe, follow, download all, any platforms that you listen to our podcast. And thanks yes. again for tuning in. And okay, so first thing we have to cover, we didn't have an episode last week, so we but we we have to talk about do a quick Super Bowl <clears throat> recap. Yes, I mean. We 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 always say we're not a sports podcast, but this is cult. This is culture. This is just that's right pop culture. Um, so we have to talk about the pop culture aspects, which is <clears throat> of course the halftime show. Yeah, and that's and, the only uh, part I was <clears throat> interested in. <laughs> and of course, <clears throat> and the <clears throat> celebrity sightings and <clears throat> the commercials. Of course, I don't know of if course. you're into the Super Bowl commercials, but you know that is a big moment for commercials every year. Mm-hmm. Pay an arm and a leg to, to have. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. I think, uh, I think some people played, I don't know if it was a 7 million. I think because the only reason I know is because of uh, Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Mr. Kanye. He, he's, he's in a cab or something. Yeah. In this video. Like, I was like, Kanye, for real. Like you couldn't at least be stationary, like. And I still to this day, I'm like, did it air on TV? Did it air yeah, live during the Super Bowl? <laughs> that <laughs> like, is wild. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's also pretty. It's actually pretty cool. But um, but um, it's almost like. But I always feel like he doesn't need a commercial to sell anything. Like literally, he can go on Instagram because mm-hmm. I saw that video on Instagram. And I'm sure he would have made. Okay, maybe well, he wouldn't he have did. made. No. After the video, mm-hmm. after sorry, not the video, the commercial that he uh, produced, he 
people bought the shoes like two million dollars worth or, or or something I like think, that. The it was, numbers, no, it was actually something crazy. That's what that's why I was catching like myself. Twenty million or something. Yes, something exactly. something in the twos. Something it was 19, twos. 19 million. See, so and like I think anything he Kanye touches, it's just like gold. Like it's just I like think gold. And what where I was going, or I was gonna say, see, with the sold regardless, but he wouldn't have made nineteen million over twenty four in within like forty eight twenty four hours if he didn't. Have no, he wouldn't have. So that's but I think more... his, the concept. The concept yeah. is what really drove people to want to buy it, hmm. uh, buy his shoes. Was that he just while in a cab or an Uber, <laughs> my man just made a full commercial, posted it, you know. I will say that Kanye kind of defies all of the industry standards, I guess. Like, you know, yeah, making yeah, commercials and all that. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's why I think a lot of people mess with him and are willing yeah. to buy his stuff as soon as they hear about it. Because I was just wondering to myself, like, are, are people really going to buy this shoe? Oh, come on, Kim. That's this... not a real question. <laughs> no, but after this this debacle of a commercial, like, what is this? <laughs> I just thought, it was like, oh, okay, no, but it's Kanye. So I don't know why I doubted him, but you know, Mr. Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. So the performance, so we'll just jump right into the halftime mm-hmm. show. I I saw that live. I was like, my dad was watching. I literally went over to my parents' house because I don't have cable. So mm-hmm. I saw it live when it was happening. And it was, there was just too much going on. I'm just going to say it. Like, okay, first let me say I loved it. Let me, I wanted to say, like, mm-hmm. of course, this is Usher. He looked amazing. It was nice to see him get this, his shine and this, oper- this like, one in a million opportunity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, very much deserved. But I just felt like you're doing too much. Like, I mean, it's always like that with the Super Bowl. It's only like, I can't remember the exact, like, six or seven minutes. I can't, I don't remember the exact amount of time they have. I think he has, like, 20, 20 minutes in total from start to finish. So no I no think. no no it can't be that's too no this this couldn't be twenty minutes let me see what let me see it's like eight I think it's like eight minutes but like I'll double check but it's either way it's a it's a it's a controlled time so every time unless it changes every year too maybe to your point but um it was just felt so rushed because remember he he has hits we know if there's one thing we yeah. know about Usher is he's been in his had a long career yeah, and he's hits for days. Okay, so it was like to twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. It didn't feel. It felt much more rushed than twelve minutes, and that's maybe again to to go to my point where he was doing too much. I mean, I feel like it just needed to be tightened up. Like, yes, you mm. have a lot of hits, but do the ones. There's a way to do it smartly and add little flavors, as I call, it, which he did. Mm-hmm. But like, say, you know, the one where he's like seven o'clock on the dot, da, yeah, that that when it. Like, he did, like, a 20-second reference to that, where he does say that there's a clock that pops up. I'm like, are you kidding me? He needed to give that so much more time, right? If you had 12 minutes, again, it didn't feel like 12 minutes. Like, it Mm -hmm, felt like mm -hmm. five minutes. Mm -hmm. The Alicia Keys debacle, he had my boo. Again, my boo got way too much time. I, I wanted to call that out because last episode that we had we were trying to guess as to who he would bring out on stage and i just mm-hmm. wanted to point out that mm-hmm. we had two of them down pat little john and alicia keys i did not expect ludicrous or will, was, I am, will i am i was like was how, did I for, how did i forget about will i am because oh my god me too right <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But yeah, but what I will say, when I think of a halftime of a football game that's high energy, yeah. Some of the songs, the tempo, I just felt like it wasn't really appropriate for why we're here. Like we're here at a football game. People want to get, you know, riled up. People want to feel hype. It's a hype environment, right? So some of the more mellow tempos that he had in his some of his songs, like the set, the one that you just mentioned, I mm-hmm. feel like I don't know. I don't know. It kind of like, don't get me wrong, I love Usher, and he did a really great job. Like, altogether, he's top yeah. performer, as far as I'm concerned, right? Hands down. However, I just thought that some of the songs were a little bit slower paced and kind of dragged a bit, and I just didn't... I wasn't... I, like, if it were any other scenario, any other setting, I would love it, you know? But I feel like I needed more high energy, and when... You know, little John came out, for instance, like I was like, Yeah, this is how this is how you wanna feel at a football game. You wanna feel hype, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but there was other tobaccos <laughs> like the Alicia Keys. I don't know what's happening with Alicia Keys, but mm-hmm. girlfriend, your voice. That first note. The <laughs> first couple notes, you know I mean? <laughs> The first couple. Yeah. No, but that's what uh, I but I've been thinking that about her for a long time because when she first came out, mm-hmm. yes, you know, she, I, I was a fan. I yeah. am a fan. Like her first three albums. Hey, they were classics. Like classics. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't, but as a, let me just, but as a performer, the last six years, like, and it comes to singing, I don't know. Her, her voice is shot to shit. I don't know what, but, she well, doesn't I know why you want to go steal somebody's man while he's still in a situation. Well, okay. Oh, Miss Alicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... No, I'm just saying karma's a bitch. So yeah, no. But what I will I did want to point out, she's a married woman. Why mm. the hell is Usher up on her like that? Like okay, oh, Usher, you come need on. to stop. Nah, man. Usher, you need to stop doing this shit, okay? Because you're getting people in trouble. Okay, you're getting people in trouble and shit. People, her relationships, mash up, muck up. Big problem. Nah, Bridget, nah. Listen, I know Usher's a lover boy. I know mm-hmm. he's a performer. Mm-hmm. I know he like he's touchy-feely and everything. But speaking from a married woman's perspective, Listen, I don't think my man would be okay with another man so close to me like that. Yeah, but are you a professional performer? Performer or no damn performer, okay? (laughs) Swiss Beats don't give a shit. You see what I'm saying? Swiss Beats is not a performer. He's a beat maker. You understand? Yes, he is. He's a rapper. <laughs> and he came out. Into, he's the first one who came, he was the first one who came online to like say, "Yeah, y'all chill or whatever. It's fine." No, it's but he woman. had to do that. He didn't have no damn choice. People are <laughs> all looking at him like Swiss, huh? What you let your woman on the stage like this? I understand it's a performance. I get it, right? But sometimes Usher, you're a little too touchy feely, bro. Like you're a little <laughs> bit too touchy feely. And you see it with Mary J. Blige. One time yeah. he tried to do that to Mary J. Mary J. was like, back up off me, bro. Back yeah. up off me. Because mm-hmm. he is a little too touchy-feely. And yeah, I, I hear you. And and sometimes maybe I don't want to perform with you like that. 
Do you know what I mean? Like you can still perform and still be affectionate and show a connection without having to go behind women and hold them up underneath breasts. I t- like Richard, you're doing too much, especially <sighs> since you got married. What's your what? I'm sorry, I couldn't be your wife. Well, I couldn't be your wife. That's because that's... I'd be like, yo, bro. <laughs> She yeah. knows who she knows who she married. She she must. Yeah, right. So <laughs> she must. Okay. Yeah. So so those are my notes. Oh, and then anything else? And by the okay. way, he doesn't really have a good track record with cheating. Okay, he doesn't have a really good track. So maybe you need to ease up off the female body just a little bit, just a little bit, Usher. I'm just saying. It's a part, I'm just saying. You know my favorite saying on here with me and my background. It's a part of the brand. <laughs> oh please! Listen, it's a part of we no, can see up that brand a little bit because now you're a married man. He's never been. Uh, I don't think he's ever been not classy with his approach. What? The, no, huh? no. Okay, it always <laughs> his full penis was in her back. Okay, I don't care what anyone tells me. <laughs> okay, I don't care what anyone tells me. Okay, he was too close for comfort. Back One... up off me just a little. Can I have a breathing space? <laughs> so I mean one more thing from that. So we had Jermaine Dupree, of course, is there looking like a toddler. I don't know what. I don't know. Those socks. I just <laughs> the shorts, the socks, everything is like, what is going on here? Yeah. And you Shot know, another thing I'd have to say. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he put his his CD on the map, and he represented, and he brought those. He sure did. Yeah, I'll give him that. Another mm-hmm. thing you said uh, the slow songs, but I think remember Super Bowl halftime show is now with Jay Z involved. It's not. It's it's more than just the Super Bowl. It's a cultural thing now, and I like that Usher shouted out where his roots and where he came from, which is like R&B music and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that he had those moments he had those touches yeah but I just felt like you you trying to do way too much for that 12 minutes because it felt like five minutes meaning if it, it was definitely rushed he had enough he has enough songs to curate a, a smoother situation but nevertheless and therefore we can leave out some of the slower tempo songs like no I think no again like <laughs> I'm saying I think he needs to this is your it's his moment and it's our moment as like people who enjoy him and it's also the Super Bowl movement. So yes, you have the hype. Hello? But I also I, yeah, I, I'm hearing you. Okay, good. Yeah, sorry, there was a little bit of a buzz going on. I don't know what happened. Oh, maybe it was a delay. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you know what? I agree with you. Usher did a great job. He and it kind of felt a little, you know, a little rushed. It did. Yeah. It mm-hmm. did. And that's why I feel like, you know, sometimes it's not always about, you know, quantity. Sometimes it's about quality. That's you know it. what I that's mean? All, that's my review. It's like, a, it was good, but it could have been great. It definitely was up there. I mean, I don't think, I mean, some people are like, Charlamagne was trying to say it was like up in the top three, personally. I, I don't mean, know maybe, about three, maybe five. I don't know about but... five, maybe five. Yeah, because I'm sorry, like. Uh, Michael Jackson, Prince, Diana, Diana Ross, Beyonce, like Beyonce and what's his name, the short boy? I can't remember his name. Bru- Bruno Mars. That one was crazy. Yeah. 
Even Janet Jackson. Didn't Janet Jackson? Yeah, she was on it. Oh, that the yeah, controversy. It was, not, it was a lot of scandal. So I mean, we never forgive. We never mentioned that one, but it was a good one. No, I, I'm gonna mention it forever because you know what? I don't feel like Janet was the only person at fault in that situation. Yet she got the most heat. Mm. So and now it's 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 like everybody. It was a moment. Mm. Everybody's <laughs> trying know, to create she a moment. She started a trend. If anything, shit. Yeah, she did. True. But. I mean, that was a big moment. I mean, these are lots of big moments. And so, Usher, you know what? You had your moment and you did the damn thing. I will say that. You did the damn thing. You showed us why you are Usher and why you are, in my eyes, the king of R&B, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yes. We said it. Yeah. You know. He did All the right, damn so thing. I was gonna go to. Did, did you did you see any commercials? Did you see any news eh, about commercials? Not really. No, I I tuned in just for Usher. Okay. And after Usher was done, so was uh, I. And so change. <laughs> oh. uh, well, I changed it momentarily, and then my husband went back to watch. I was just about to. Game. I was just about to say, yeah. "Does your husband?" I don't know. I wasn't yeah. sure if he watched. Yeah, football he, he or not. sure did. He sure did. He took <laughs> up the whole TV. See, I was like, you changed it on him. Okay, so. I, just momentarily, and he's like, "Put it back. Put it back." So I'm like, "Okay, okay." Because yeah. <laughs> God forbid, so, <laughs> you know, shoot. <laughs> All right, so I, I, so the ones, so of course, Beyonce broke the internet with. She did one with. Uh, Verizon, which it's actually really cute. I really like it. I saw one for uh, Post Malone did one for Bud Light. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Dunkin' Donut one is another one that, like, I I don't know how to say this, but you know, our Caucasian cousins, they love this one. I saw it because if you like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, like that whole like pair, mm-hmm. like you know, they're like Hollywood, whatever. Um, it was actually fun. It was fun, but I'm like, I didn't. When I saw it, I was like, "This is what you guys are." <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, Beyonce definitely broke the internet because in that commercial, they go through the commercial where she's pretty much the theme is that oh, Verizon service is so good that it can handle anything, even anybody breaking the internet, including Beyonce. Right. So she's going through a series of things, and the he kept there's a another guy co-star who's like did it break did it break did it break and she's like you know what just drop the music at the end mm-hmm. and then that's it right so that that mm-hmm. hints like i was late and then, and then like literally the next day everybody's like beyonce dropped two country songs i was like what shit she really right? dropped music like i should have known better but <laughs> but we'll talk about that later with which was a, a pretty interesting release for her two country songs and now we know renaissance 2 is going to be country themed so mm-hmm. excited for that and there's a cultural there's some cultural reference because a lot of people don't well i don't know i think the white americans have co-opted country so hard and so fast that you know people don't know that the roots of um, uh, black country music come from black people playing banjo music and that yeah. kind of it grew and evolved from that to so many different factors like country as a whole is just like the umbrella but there's so much there's bluegrass there's deep soul there's funk there's just so many it's like a mm-hmm. crazy genre and yeah, there's some so beyonce is coming to claim it back tanks <laughs> renaissance coming guys. to claim it yeah she's coming to claim oh, it i have a question before we move on Mm-hmm. What do you think the third Renaissance is theme? So the first one was house and dance reclaiming, right? Hundred percent rock and roll. That's what. Okay, so but okay, you know before. All right, so you're hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, She's based on back. the theme, 
based on the theme of, of one and two, yes, I'm with you, but here's what I want. I get it, but here's what I would, you know what I'd love? Two things I would love that she would do that would still fit, but I do think it's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be rock and roll. I'm with you there. But I would love if she did either gospel or right? but mm-hmm. went to deep soul R&B, like went back to her, that classic R&B of like the mm-hmm. mid, like early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. That's what I would love that. But I, I'm with you. It's likely based on the themes, Renaissance, right? Renaissance era. It's going to be rock and roll. Well, and to be quite honest, I don't see her going back to R&B because that's her beginning. Yeah, she did it already. Yeah, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying right? now. Uh, it would be nice if she yeah. got back down to when she was that young girl in, you know, Destiny's Child. But she did that, right? So yeah. I don't see her going back or there even, quite yet. Or even Soul, even if it's like not R&B. Neo Soul? Neo Soul? I can see her doing. Not, not Neo Soul, like traditional 70s soul. Like oh, Marvin okay, Gaye. okay. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see that too. I think 100% for me is going to be rock and roll. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I feel, you know, Little Richard. Mm. Little Richard. Oh, yeah. That type of era. Like, I feel her zoning in to that era. Yeah. Where Little Richard started his career. And because it's, mm-hmm. Little Richard really is, is the beginning of rock and roll. For me, oh, yes. for, from my perspective. I mean, there mm-hmm. could have been people before him that I just don't know of and not well faceted with. And I'm I'm sure that, you know, Beyonce, if she does go that route, she will give yeah. us a little bit of a history lesson on that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she will. But I feel like Beyonce is tapping into industries that not only did we start, mm. right, but that we've been shunned. In. Yes. You said, Kim, you got right to the essence. Exactly. Yes. We've been yeah. shunned in, right? Because country music, I don't know. These white people came in, they infiltrated, they took over, they made Elvis the face of it, and then that was that. And we haven't been able to penetrate that in that genre in a very mm. long time. Mm. Very long time. And it's to the point now where, sorry, I'm going to put it on blast. Some of these white people out here are vexed to fuck that she <laughs> has made a country song. Okay, like they're vexed as shit. Like they don't want to play it on the radio. Yep. All of this stuff. Okay. Trying to say, oh, she's not country. No, no, that that's definitely a country song. It's definitely country. <laughs> and it has all the essence of a country song. So I don't even know what we're going what we're doing right there. But I feel like she. I don't know when it started. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when it, what album it started with. I'll but... tell you, Lemonade, Daddy's Lessons. That's the exact song. Okay, shoot. <laughs> uh, uh, but it started there. No, for real, for real. I feel like she just wants to defy the music industry, like, all together. Yeah, at this stage, yes, yeah. And she can. She can. And she, and she, and she can. Yes, she can. Because, like, she's Beyonce. <laughs> and it's not and, and, and it's not and it's not just that if you think about it no she like, no I say the reason why I say it that way is because mm-hmm. there hasn't been many talent that could match her work ethic that yeah. could match her talent that could match her her drive the dr- okay. yeah, it's a Virgo the Virgo perfectionism is it's definitely- just it's <laughs> unmatchable at this point 
So here's another angle to to build on that is that like you, she's been doing this since she's a child, right? Literally. And so you have (laughs) you have conformed and done. You did you did the gatekeeping shit. You did what was expected Mm -hmm. of you. You did everything what they pushed you into, or you whether you wanted to do it or not. Pigeonholed into. Yes, Yes, that's right. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. So now that you're most likely have. A lot of freedom. Yeah, I'm a do- in this era where I'm still passionate or I want more passion in what I do. What this is what you do when you're bored with what you do, you go outside of your boundaries, right? And I think, and like to your point, I think a lot of this is something she's been thinking about for a while, particularly the country and the dance, the funk, uh, mm-hmm. the house music. I think it felt intentional. Like I saw the build up to that, but now I'm seeing the theme of what mm-hmm. this really renaissance is all about, mm-hmm. and. I'm ready for rock and roll. Well, first let me get that country, but I'm ready for that rock and roll too. So anyway, we we got we went down a, a wormhole, but I did want to talk about all of that because, you know, she one last question before we move on. Do you think Beyonce dropping that music the same night uh ruined Usher's moment? That was a, another debate online. I will say it was divided. It wasn't hundred boat Usher. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't think so. Sorry, yeah. it wasn't. Sorry, you know, strategically, it, it was a it. good. Cho- it was a good choice to make mm-hmm. Beyonce. Um, but, but what- for Usher, mm-hmm. I don't think that was fair. Okay, because it was his yeah. moment to shine. Yeah, it I was. Think- yeah, and she yeah. took peace. Even if it's twenty five percent of the attention, she took peace. She definitely took peace with those. Yeah, she, she surely <laughs> took peace. And not only that, but it's the aftermath that I'm focused on because more people are talking about her new country album that she's going to drop than Mm. Usher's performance. Mm. So even though he did the performance, it's like he got a little bit of a buzz Mm -hmm. for like half a second. Okay. And then Beyonce just filled in the whole gap, like the whole, like she just took it over. And Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really like that. I didn't mm-hmm. really like that about what she did, but I mean, in t- in in terms of strategy, like when else would you drop this? Well, you if know, you want all eyes on you at this moment. You know what would have you know you know what have been a good alternative? You know, remember the Grammys night when she was dressed in theme? Everybody was but wondering. But she did. To kind of technically, she started it out. It started, yeah. So that's the thing. So some people, like people who are really like. The stands. No, Beyonce had a bigger movement to make that night, okay? She had to walk out that bitch with her man. That's what she had to do. (laughs) She had to make her man get the award, talk about her a little bit pan stage, and then they had to dip. So she Mm. couldn't she couldn't do it then, but she started she started the chatter. She started Mm. the chatter, right? It's just unfortunate that, you know, on his, you know, this is his night. You know, and okay, she yeah. kind of... I have to say, I didn't want... I don't want to think, but I have to say, she did definitely take some shine off of Usher. That's yeah, sure. even if it's 25%, even if it's 50%. Uh, at the time, mm-hmm. but he... I think where she really stole the show was after. Because people are... Okay, initially when you see something, you're looking at the show, you're in the midst of the show. It's afterwards where we'll get mm. commentary and evaluation of outfits and mm. what did he do here? And maybe he should have took this song out. So I feel like there's more chatter and more talk about the actual event after the event happens. And that was the space that I felt she took over the most because people were not talking so much yes, about, about him. Mm. They were talking about, did you hear Beyonce's track? 
That's why she had the damn cowboy hat on at the yep. damn Grammys. That see, so yep. now we're not talking about Usher, you know. So it's the aftermath, right? So yeah, but I mean, but Usher, Usher had his little shine. Yeah, like, this moment, yeah, this moment, and you know, all the all the amazing successes that happen when you do Super Bowl, where your music gets streamed, all the mm-hmm. all your hits get streamed. He got all the what do they call it? Return on investments. That, sure did. That, that uh Super Bowl performers get. So I mean, maybe you know, it took a little bit, like you said, but mm-hmm. he still got the 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 uh tangible benefits of performing on the Super Bowl. So we went down a wormhole, but this is a Super Bowl. This is like a big yeah. moment in, in culture. So you know, yeah, it is what it is. So it we'll is. move on to Wendy Williams, the Wendy Williams documentary. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking, I think, I don't remember if we brought it up when we saw the trailer or not. But um, so we saw the trailer a while back and we're like, oh, okay, what is this? And we right. saw the, the clip where Wendy's like, I have no money. And, you know, a lot of people in the industry had a concern about this documentary, like Charlemagne and all the celebrities that are in the communications and media world uh, alongside in that industry were concerned mm-hmm. that. Um, Wendy's being taken advantage of with this documentary, but there's there's one thing that's clear: she's been taken advantage of. We've been we already done see that in the news mm-hmm. and media that something's going on here. So oh, I didn't shoot, need to, it didn't even need to get that far. Her damn ex husband was taking advantage of her. Okay, yeah. so she's we, been, in, been taken advantage well, of. I mean, like since well to the point of since where we clearly see that something is wrong with her health or whatever right yeah and yeah, so okay. since the situation right since she hasn't like yeah, worked I, I agree with that yeah and so you know i i mean i was curious because it's like yeah there was a lot going on and no one's really officially said or could say what was going on it was all speculation mm-hmm. is she just doing this to for legal reasons, blah, blah, blah. But I think the real alarm came when uh, a conservative ship was put on her and they took her her money hostage. And it was not her family who was overseeing that conservative ship. So that was a, a big concern. And mm-hmm. so this documentary from Lifetime, who she has an agreement with, I don't know the details of how much, what is the details of her, how much content she's supposed to provide, but she had a, a, an agreement with uh, Lifetime. That's why her movie came out with Lifetime. And now this documentary is coming out. Um, that's kind of going behind the scenes of what she's been going through and leading up to the launch of uh, the, the, uh, the airing of the documentary, which is, I think going to go across this weekend it was announced that she was diagnosed with um, aphasia and uh, frontal temporal dementia, which the condition which conditions can impact personality, communication, and communication, according to my the Mayo Clinic. And aphasia is what I always was what stood out to me because I was like, is that what Bruce Willis has? Because I remember a couple of years yep. ago, mm-hmm. it was announced, and like he, he's like literally, it was weird. It was I was like, this condition is so bad that he has to like stop working and go live with his ex wife. You guys, I guess he didn't have a partner, so he went to go live with his ex wife and his children. So it's like, oh, it has to be bad if like this is drastic, right? Right. And so yeah, I've recently seen videos sometime last year of him, and I was like, I don't even think he can't even speak anymore. Uh, within two years, he, he's lost communication. So that mm-hmm. is what Wendy has been diagnosed with in uh last year 2023 and we're seeing kind of i guess that change 
uh, I'm not watching the show, but I mean, I saw little clips or there's like some behind the scenes or whatever. And some people think it's exploitative and it is, there is is. any, any, Mm -hmm. but to me, any documentary is exploitative, right? It's put me, the difference for me is, do you, did you have a hand in that? Is that what you want? Is that what Wendy wants? Because the thing is, she's Mm -hmm. an executive producer. So my hope is that. But how do you have someone who's not in their right mind as an executive? But the agreement, producer? the agreements were made before, right? Remember when they no, did the I movie? No, I understand, but when mm-hmm. the act, when but but with legally her, with her sickness, it was just diagnosed, but it was progressively happening. Yeah, but so still, how I, do you? I think uh, if you made an agreement two or three years ago that I was executive producer, no matter what my condition, it should stay the same. I think no, and I that I agree to. I do, but that's where I feel like an executive producer is just a fine. It's just a Nate title. They don't really do anything most of the time. No, they well they do and they don't. Especially Mm -hmm. when it's a biography about herself, so she would she'd have a little bit more say as an executive producer. However, mm-hmm. she's not in her right mind. So you can pitch any idea to her and she might just be like, yeah, that's great. Like she's not in her right mind, you know, to even be, to help, to even hold that title, but I'm not going to watch it. I don't want to mm-hmm. watch yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like, she did say at one point when she did have her faculties that she wanted to tell her own story. Mm. Right. And, um, that's great and all. Um, I just can't watch it. I'm just, I just yeah. can't watch it. I don't want to see her demise. Like I just, I know it's happening. I, I'm not oblivious. Yeah. We've already seen it. Yeah. We've seen and it it's, already. It's going on in front of me. I don't need a full fledged movie to <laughs> show me that. And I just wish her well. And I wish that, you know, her family, while she's still very much cognitive and can remember them, that she, you know, gets to spend time and make memories as much as she can before she no longer remembers them. Mm-hmm. Because that's the inevitable of these diseases that she has been diagnosed with. I feel very bad for Wendy Williams, but I will say that she is a pioneer in her field, in her communications. I find the irony, there's so much irony here. The one thing that you're known to be is to communicate, and that's taken away from you. So I just find that to be kind of sad. And I, I, I don't know the woman that they put in front of us right now. I don't know I don't know this woman. I I I I, I, I just I find it hard just sitting back and watching someone deteriorate in front of me and not being able to do anything. I think the very least that I can do is not promote I don't know, monopolizing off of this woman's demise. Like I just I find it very difficult to do that. So Yeah, here here's something that I find concerning with this it's a conservatorship there's something about that that's always we saw we we saw with the britney thing what that means and what that system can do to take advantage of somebody's supposed illness like i know there's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theories going on or whatever whatever i do think that wendy has some kind of cognitive condition right uh, I, I'm not thinking that because some people are like, oh, they're drugging her, they're doing this, they're doing that. I think that if we have a diagno- an official diagnosis from a clinic, I don't know. We, you know what? You never know. But another thing is 
her niece, who is the mm-hmm. only other the family that's pretty close to her and that and is in the documentary, and she's also a, a, a co-executive producer on the documentary, and she's also the one kind of doing like the media stuff for the documentary. What I find concerning is that she says that she's under the court-ordered guardianship and her family does not know the location or any information regarding the facility where Williams is getting treated, nor do they have access to call Wendy Williams directly. Okay? And then it said a representative from the care team declined to comment on the documentary, and it is unclear whether the team is working with Williams' guardian, whoever this guardianship person is. But the, uh, her niece is saying that she's, when she does talk to her, so Wendy can call her, so if she does call her, she says she sounds good. But, you know, she's been in the care facility for a few months, but she herself can't call to check in. It's only no. If. And all of this is all, to me, this is all shady and dark. And I think why I appreciate the documentary, while it, of course, I agree it is exploitative and it's showing the downfall. And I I agree with you, I'm not going to watch it. It does put a spotlight on that this woman is vulnerable. And whoever these Mm -hmm. people, whoever these people who are guarding her money, her family is not involved. And I think it's good to have a clear distinction to know that we need a we need a magnifying glass on who the hell is this guardianship? Who are these people right? that are lording over Wendy's situation? Yeah, I don't I'd like. I'd love it. to know. I'd love to know right along with her family because they don't seem <clears> to know. But what I one thing that I find kind of suspicious not suspicious but I find very strange is that her son is like I feel like he should be more involved. You know but what I mean? But I I but just like her niece, they don't have active. The family what you mean in- you don't have access? This is your mother. Right? Like, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding that part. No, but that's what's going on. The same situation that the niece is in, the son is in. They don't have access. Well, they not have access to Wendy. Only when she calls her. They don't like, even know what? the care care facility that they put her in. I'm sorry. I'm just... I, and you know what? Okay, maybe I'm wrong here, people. But let me tell you something. No one's going to hide my mother from me. Right? Period. I don't care if I have to track her down. I don't care if I have to get a, a, a detective. I don't care if I need a bang on every flipping door. I'm finding my mother. Period. So I just have a hard time. But isn't he like only, like he's 20, uh, he's, he's, he's 22? old enough to say, huh, where's my mother? He's old enough to say that. He's not of course, he's yeah, not he's a with, baby. He's a he's, big man. He's a grown ass man. He's in his twenties. Like Yeah, but you have to think I don't know. I'm sure he's had a sheltered life. Of course he's had a sheltered life. And I think that this member, this woman this girl that is her her niece, her niece is kind of like a daughter to her because so I feel like this woman is more mature and able. She's the voice of the fa- the Williams family. And she can't find her. And she's protecting her. I think they they, I I think there's a lot of legal things going on. I I don't think they don't know where she is, but I don't right. think they they're allowed mm-hmm. to have access. Like they can only say what they can say because mm-hmm. I do think she's controlling. Not she's she's mincing her words. Like she's using her words mm-hmm. very careful. It's like you're mm-hmm. saying something without saying. And what I'm mm-hmm. hearing is these people have a little too much control over my auntie. 
but she can't right. see. I, I'm hearing that, but what mm. I uh, what I what I'm feeling is that's my damn family. Okay, mm. I don't give a shit what none of y'all want to say. I don't. Okay. I don't care unless you unless you arrest me and throw me in jail. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, fam. This is my blood, right? So you're not gonna tell me about my blood. I, I don't care who, what survivor, whoever. Listen, we're gonna fight this. I need to know. I'm just, I, you know, maybe that's the passionate side of me. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe I that's think... why I'm the passionate heart. But mm. yeah, when it comes to my family, nah, there's nobody that's gonna hold me back or have me in any yeah, sort the, of way. Nah, the only fam. thing I'm wondering is, I'm like, what is, what is muzzling them? There's something muzzling them. I think okay, well, let me drop the mic so I can know where my auntie is. Thanks. Because, yeah. like, like I know I, I can understand the legalities. Yes, that's it. what I'm saying. There's some, totally something is containing it. them for not seeing something, right. seeing it mm-hmm. uh, direct outright. Like, you know what I mean? But there comes a point, right, where you got to fight fire with fire. Hmm. So one thing I, I find... I feel like this documentary is kind of a little bit of their fire. Mm, not if it's portraying her in such a bad light. Yeah, but it's more questioning what is going on on the business side. The business side is what right. has all this ridiculous <clears throat> control. Why do they right. have all the control right. and the family doesn't? Right. Sometimes it's like that's. It, I think that's where exposure, it fits. exposure, exposure. Yeah, it's bad. It's yes. It may not look good and it's ugly, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. also it's putting a light on her and mm-hmm. her family, but it's putting a light on those other blood clot people. Where the hell are mm-hmm. they and what the hell are they doing? But if you're producing this movie with Lifetime, really? Yeah, Lifetime well. Lifetime could chop and, chop and edit that shit right out. Like, I'm just saying that um, I don't oh, know what's holding them back. One I don't more know thing we didn't bring up. The Guardian, the whoever the name, I can't remember, oh shit, I don't have her name here, unfortunately. It's a white woman. Mm-hmm. The Guardian tried to put a stop to the documentary airing. They put some type of stop thing. It was a sealed document, so they didn't have, they didn't, it wasn't made public how or why they're trying to get. There's a team of people behind this that is trying to sabotage whatever, uh, you know, Wendy has built. Yeah, and, of course. That's what I hate. And so then and again, I, that's why I, I keep that, on that's coming. That's why I'm, not, I'm boycotting it. I'm not watching this shit. That's here. why I'm keeping coming back to the fact that this this documentary is actually more of a good thing than a bad thing. In that it's it is again showing the world that there's a big question mark on these people around Wendy that are not her family. That that is very very important so we all know we know and we have names some names but also mm-hmm. now this woman who tried to stop it from getting aired see that's a problem why do you want it not to be aired because what we're exposing all the people you you hired for wendy and that that are around her mm-hmm. so that's what's going on it's sad I'll, here's another thing because last thing before we move on first and foremost you know when this was announced her diagnosis was announced uh this week the, the repeated thing is like this is her karma this is her karma people have said that no, many I'm times what that. happened I'm to her husband and all mm-hmm. that i'm not gonna you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say that she's a human being people she, yeah and a lot of people have done questionable things in their in in their life um i don't think anybody deserves this type of destruction 
but somebody said something that I think you kind of danced around when we were talking about before. And again, I'm not, I'm not prophesizing this. I'm not that, but there's another mm-hmm. angle because we're both spiritual people. Mm-hmm. But somebody said, this is a, cause like you, you remember you brought up what the irony that the, the woman, this woman is iconic and, mm-hmm. infa- and infamous and built her empire based on, communications that's right the communication world radio to tv to everything in between right and now she's diagnosed with a condition that is taking her the power of language from her her voice not only not even mm-hmm. speaking it but even understanding it her voice her, her total voice is gone Every, even her understand not even voice just even her understanding of it even thinking in that way of language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, somebody made this is like this is like it's so almost like a spirit like a spiritual warfare. Somebody said, and that that I was like, hmm. Well, God doesn't like gossiping, and not in the not from God. God, I no. Think- but what I'm saying is that be- why I say that is because mm-hmm. God doesn't like when people gossip, and mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> Some people, some Christians might mm-hmm. say that she's reaping what she sowed and God is putting a silence to her because everything is done for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everything is done for a reason. We don't understand it. We can speculate. We can have conversation and dialect yeah. about it, but we yeah. really don't understand it. No, we don't. I don't believe that. I'm just repeating what somebody well, I, said. I don't know why. Why that? Exactly. I don't. I, again, I said right? that again. I'm just making a note. So for I me, don't believe that. when I see things like this happen, when I see things like this happen, right? I have to ask as a Christian, like, why? Why would God use take her voice from her? Because that's what it is. He's taking her voice from her, her ability to be cognitive, to hmm. have a clear, concise conversation with people. This is her foundation. This is what Wendy Williams is, is a voice. That's what she is. And she was a very loud voice and a voice that was fearless and brave and willing to take on risk and say things that people are thinking but Mm. never would say. Mm. So I have to ask myself, you know, why would God remove her voice from her, right? And I don't know what battles she's had. But let me tell you, that white stuff, that cocaine, the cocaine, mm. it does some serious nonsense to your body. It damages you. And she was doing it daily, along with alcohol. So there's a variety of reasons as to why this is happening. But I think, you know, from a higher standpoint, when, when I think about God and his infinite mercies, there's a reason why he's doing what he's doing and why this is happening to Wendy. But I not, don't but know why. Who's to say who? who I'm don't not going to bring God. I don't want to bring God into it because it's not just God that can inflict you with things, right? So, no, but I don't think that necessarily God inflicts to harm, but to teach. But what I'm saying again, there's not just God can inflict somebody with something. Do you understand what I'm saying? That it could come from other powers and principalities. You, you get that? Oh yes, definitely. Oh, okay. And oh yes, definitely. Uh, oh, of, of course, right? So that's kind of where like I, everything is under God's umbrella. 
Yes. Like even the negative, yeah. even the evil. I give I agree with that. Right? Yes. So even the evil is under God's But if you don't his, talk to God and if right. you're not spiritually you know spiritually no, I, powered I, I, up. Right. And I don't really want to go deep into that. Yeah, though. yeah. Mm. But there's a reason for all of what's happening and why it's happening the way it's happened. So I I pray for both Wendy and her family. Yes, that's it. And that's that all it comes the down to. Answers that they need and that they stop whatever kind of monkey business is going on and that you know before she is totally unrecognizable to the world that we save the legacy Mm. that she's built we need to we need to black howard stern that's a real black howard stern as far as that is okay mr stern you have some competition over yes so but um (laughs) Yeah, so Let's prayers up. Yeah, we're yeah gonna move prayers on. up for uh, her and her family. You know, I hope we they talked... get the answers. I hope yeah. they get the answers. I do. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about everything here. We're just throwing things. These are things that are just out there. But at the end of the day, there's a, a black icon. And we, we're praying for you know healing and at least peace with her and her family. And remove those who are not supposed to be there and the vultures. But That's we'll right. see. That's we'll see right. how that goes. All right. right. See. Okay. Some foolishness from a foolish yeah, woman. This blasted. Listen. So Miss uh, Tiffany Haddish. I need for her. She, she. Please, Lord Jesus. She's uh, porting. Well, Tiffany has been coming under fire again um, because she decided to go. She could have went to Israel quietly, but she decided to announce on her Instagram <laughs> that she is going to visit Israel to see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. That's, for see, her that's own how, eyes. With her, mm-hmm. Sorry, that's exactly what that's, I interpreted that. With her own eyes. She wants to see with her own eyes. And um, so she did a, a video where she was on the plane and sipping her champagne mm-hmm. and saying she's going to go see women and children get murdered um i mean like or, or like no she's not going to see that clearly she's going on the side the safe side and um oh no she said she wants to go to gaza she but did she to- i don't think so i, I don't know <laughs> if she can i don't know if she can get there but but so she cause. so okay so she they went don't care about no tiffany haddish over there you understand okay no 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 but they don't care about that something that i need to context i'm going to lay before i move on is that mm-hmm. tiffany haddish is Jewish and identify. Sorry, let me use that word. Identifies as Jewish, and you know that is her cultural background from her father's side, right? And but Eritrean, East African, mm-hmm. Jewish. Not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a difference, but okay, that's that's just say that. And um, so and she has a lot of celebrity friends that are. Jewish, and so I think maybe in her eyes, I'm just trying to. I, I think this is fucked up, but I'm just trying to like see some rationale in this, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think I think she probably has a lot of people in her ear on that side where they're like, you know, I don't know, you know, the rhetoric, you know, the mm-hmm. rhetoric on that side. So that's what she's hearing, and then you're hearing the other side where we're seeing lots of like what's going mm-hmm. on, a complete annihilation of the pretty much Gaza population right she took it upon herself to do this and of course everybody was like bitch what 
<laughs> and, you know, I want to focus less on, you know, the two different sides of, you mm, know, mm-hmm. Israel and, 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 more, and yeah, Gaza. Yeah. And I want to focus more on her foolery. Okay? okay. Because Tiffany's foolery, she didn't just say that she... It, it, it Okay, first of all, she didn't come across as though she's going on this journalistic... No, yes, yes, thank you. And all you. this shit. No, she acted like, I'm going on there to find me a man. Okay, because my mm-hmm. man, my man, my man. Yeah, okay, <laughs> girl, get it together, Tiffany. Please get it together. <laughs> I need you to focus less on peeing and focus more on the issues that are at stake. You are going down into a war zone. You mm. are going into literally a war zone. and And you think that this is prime time news for us like that oh i'm going in up nah fam you're going as a joke this is a joke okay this doesn't seem like you're going there for any real purpose other than to say i went okay and to laugh and make jokes and giggle about this is not a funny situation exactly okay Mm. and your sense of humor seems more and more to me non-apparent because I don't understand how this is funny to you. This is yeah. not funny. To make jokes, to make light of. It's not funny. Yes, I understand you're Jewish. Okay. Right. From extension. From your dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have been a practicing Jewish woman for years and years to come. No, yeah. it it's not. Like, let's call a spade a spade. You're going there, like you said, to find a man. That's what you said. And because it looked a little, a little, you know, <laughs> desperate, you added the rest of the sauce to it that you wanted to go and see for your own eyes and my own eyes. What the hell are you going down there to see, girl? People die. Right. But so That's what I you're saw, going there to see. Right. I saw a video and the tour, Miss she's, in a, with it, she's in a tour bus in Israel. And here's what I really think is going on. Like, we don't want to do with the politics, but there is some politics here in that there she the van she was in where they're doing a tour, there was two other influencers that she had her video on them. And so they're inviting people. And the is and the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, are tweeting all this stuff with her and other people who are on this trip. So that's when I was like, oh, right? I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, to your point, the issue and why we're actually bringing this up is just the light. Like, we can't take you seriously in that you're trying to be fair in, in your position and then you're making you're making light of it with all these, like, oh, I'm going to find a man or this, this and that, or I'm just all these things that she's saying in this very light way. I think if, if she came on there with some level of gravity of what's really going on and where she's right? going, <clears throat> maybe I could keep a straight face. But now I'm just like, this is pure foolishness and Can I ask a question? When yeah. did desperation in a black woman become entertaining? Oh come on, Kim. You said when you said in a black woman <laughs> that it's been the entertainment. <laughs> no, but Tiffany no no. I, like okay. I've seen it where people try to portray black women as being desperate as entertainment. But this is taking it to a whole new level, Tiffany. I mean, your desperation is, it reeks. Like it, but it, I, but just I think stinks. that man looking for a man thing was just trying to make light of the situation. I didn't think she was serious. But that's what she led with. That's exactly, I agree. But she's trying to make, she knows there's going to be 
like again, the, the tone of the video, that whole Why video. Why are we talking about going to to <laughs> Israel for a man? Like I don't right? even, I can't. With what is going on there and the political environment that they are dealing with over there, mm, to mm. even mix those two things in a sentence shows yeah. the desperation. So, like it's the pro- so disgusting. The depor- the de- like I just can't. I can't wrap my brain around that. You know what yeah. I mean? I have a hard time with that because so I just comment- feel like her desperateness was just so blatantly obvious and she's trying to make light of it and it's not funny. I don't know. But so the comment that caught my attention before mm-hmm. we move on, which kind of a cast blades, my issue with the thing, again, that's her identity. If you want to do that, do that. But come on, have some level of seriousness about what you're what why Dang. why you're doing. But somebody commented under the post, sipping on a mimosa on your way to go see a genocide is insane. And that's my position. Thank on you. The <laughs> I love that. That was well said. Bravo. <laughs> Yes, that was well said because that's exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. So we'll move on. So another thing. So Kelly Rowland. So I'll shout her out. We're going to talk about this whole stupidness that's been following her mm-hmm. with the dressing room situation. But her Tyler Perry movies on Netflix and Twitter is in shambles, of course. Anytime Tyler mm-hmm. Perry re- uh, releases a movie, Twitter, it, Black Twitter is hilarious and just tearing that shit up. Left, mm-hmm. right, and center. But I will say, somebody, pe- people, a lot of people said that her and her co-star Trevante Rhodes, who's very mm, chocolatey, mm. have a have a sex scene that is worthy of watching. So I guess people are putting it out there. There's something in there worth watching. And another Mm-mm. thing you're saying, another thing you're saying is, yeah, the script is bad, but Kelly and Trevante are ask, acting their asses off. So, and I know because Trevante is a good actor. He's from Moonlight. And mm-hmm. um, Kelly, she's pretty solid. I haven't seen her in a... I, uh, I believe she could be solid. She's. I think she's supposed to play Donna, Donna Summers, or we, that's what we're petitioning for her to play oh, really? Donna Summers. We, so that, all that has been good news. So it's a Tyler Perry movie, but at least the leads are doing their best what they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I believe that's why she was supposed to go on the morning show and mm-hmm. promote that movie, Mia Culpa. And then all this nonsense happened. So mm-hmm. pretty much Kelly Rowland was to have an appearance on the Today Show as well as help them host the show sometime this week. And everybody was talking about that she walked off the Today set um, be after her segment because her dressing room was too small and everybody was trying to make her look like the bad guy and all of this, but con this is why context matters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in a social media world, it clearly doesn't matter, but thank mm-hmm. God I'm, I, I'm still cognitive where I, I leave room to judge. I need to hear the full story from at least two or three sources before mm-hmm. I put out my judgment. Right. And so the story is that she was supposed to host after a segment, help uh, co-host the show with everybody else. And Mm -hmm. of course, when you do these things as a celebrity, you give them your writer, which your writer is your like your things that you need in the dressing room and any requirements for that situation as the talent. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she appeared 
And because maybe I think they were the agreement was for her to have a larger room because she has a lot of people with her. Because you know you have makeup artists, stylists, everyone. who else ever else is in that little those people who are with her for this promotion tour, right? Mm-hmm. So she came. They had they didn't they had her in the smallest. There's some small room, and the big room was given to a guest. A guest, mind you, which was Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. I don't think she left because the room was given to Jennifer Lopez. The bigger room was, she just wanted a bigger room. I don't care who, what, or why <laughs> I needed to see a bigger room. That's it. And right? so the room wasn't the, my, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever, exactly. whatever was in that agreement was not met. And mm-hmm. so I'm not going to cause a scene. I'm just going to leave. Simple. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I was hearing that it wasn't just the dressing room, but like, you know, uh, I think maybe a week or two before that, she went on the Breakfast Club. Was it the Breakfast Club? No, it was with Tigger. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. And uh, she did an interview. And again, everybody, this poor woman, Kelly... She has her own career. She is her own person, okay? She has her own identity. And for some particular reason, everywhere she goes, and it's true because you can go back and look, Mm -hmm. go do your interneting, and you'll find out that every time she has an interview, she's asked about Beyonce. And I feel like it just (laughs) mounted so high. And now I'm in this dressing room. Would you have given this... To Beyonce? No. No, you wouldn't have. But why the hell am I here? I'm gonna leave. And you know, know what I <laughs> and I and I and I don't wrong her. No. I think you know what, Kelly over the years, she has been super, super good about standing in Beyonce's shadow. Yeah, she has been gracious she's about been it. She's been so gracious because she's, you know, said to herself, No, I'm gonna make my own career. They're gonna see me for who I am. I they, I, I won't stay in the shadow forever, but I'm sorry, darling. She's gotten to the point where she's like, listen, I think I might just stay in this woman's shadow forever unless I say something, unless <laughs> yeah. I do something. And she did. And uh, this is what it was. For beyond, for Kelly, walking off of the, of the show is nothing. Mm. It's not going to make or break her. It really won't. Because at the end of the day, Kelly is still a class act. And if you look at her track record, this is not in her character. However, you can only poke the bear for so long before the bear turns around and growls at you. So I think to this point now where she's like, listen, I want to talk about my career. I want you to treat me as though I were Beyonce. I should not have this small ass dinky ass little room. Give me what you would give Beyonce. Is this what you'd give Beyonce? No, you wouldn't. Okay? And I'm here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about my career, what I'm doing. Beyonce's doing her own thing. Yeah, yeah. She's I heard tired that was of being a... in the shadow. It came to head. And unfortunately, she she had to go. <laughs> She's like, I had to go. I had to go. I'm bye. And she left. And you know what? To be quite honest, I'm actually kind of proud of her. Yeah, but you know what's fun? I was just reading the article from TMZ, and they said 
the reports claim that Kelly actually has a stipulation for her interviews that Beyonce and Destiny Child into questions are off limits. And that when she did her segment, and during that same segment, there were some pepperings. There was some pepperings of questions on that, but it wasn't like she didn't clap back during the interview, similar and contrary to the one that we saw with um, Tigger, that clip that we're seeing with Tigger or whatever. But I think, yeah, exactly. That's a way to respectfully do it. You don't want to have an awkward moment. It's like, listen, I'm here to promote this movie. Let's talk about this movie and what I'm doing. And uh, even if you want to say, do a throwback to say, I mean, I don't know, but if it's in the she thing, had to make a strong stance, Jeanette. And yeah, that's she did and she did. She's doing. She's do. She did it classy, and people are just country can keep on pushing the line. And it's like, listen, what are we doing here? So what I do want to say that the positive, the the, ra- the rainbow at the end of the mm-hmm. storm was that she went on Sherry Shepherd a mm-hmm. couple days after, and it was <laughs> it was kind of shady, but um, she had an amazing time. They had some behind the scenes where they showed her in a dressing room. It was like beautiful and like oh my gosh, show and I was, like, shade, Sherry, the shade. Of <laughs> I was it like all. Sherry, the Sherry Shepherd show was uh, <laughs> really coming for uh, their competition or whatever. So it was cute, and you know, at the end of the day, we just Kelly has been like we said, she's very gracious and she's unproblematic. And um, even I get cringe. Like, I don't want to know that. I know that if those girls are going to do anything, they would never tell us anyway. They're going to pop up and do it. So those questions, even if that was in the books, you'll never get a preview or a hint of it. It's just one of those things that would just happen. So even to me, sometimes I see these interviews, and I'm like, I cringe inside. I'm like, damn, you guys are still asking this girl about that? Like right? she even has, like she even has any control over that. She is all up to Beyonce. Okay, do you? I don't, I, I never could understand. You, <clears throat> she's coming on here as a solo artist. Why are you talking mm. about Beyonce? Like I think, cause okay, if you were, and I don't like making this a race thing, but mm. I just need to draw a comparison for a second. Okay, if we were to take one of you know our Taylor Swift. Okay, and say she was in a, a, a group before she was Taylor Swift. Do you think that they would continue to ask one of her group members about her? Or would they ask Taylor Swift about her? Because they do it to Beyonce too. Every now and, mm. and then, yeah, they do it, mm. they ask Beyonce about Kelly and vice versa. But I find that they do it more to Kelly because the truth is that Beyonce is the bigger star of the two of them. That and yeah. it was pushed from when they were in Destiny's yeah, Child. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. her father hooked her up. Okay, he made sure that his daughter was that lead singer. He made sure that she was the one that was reclaimed. You know, and so, and so I ask this because would they be doing this to somebody else that wasn't black, that wasn't a dark skinned black woman? Because they seem to do it to her a lot. From here's the time here's, here's this girl has. I, come on the scene as a solo artist they've always done it every you could go back in time to destiny's child just after they broke apart and they kind of did their own thing they constantly came after kelly they didn't ask as many as much to latoya luckett they didn't do it to her you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why they're always on her ass about Beyonce. They start the interviews with talking about Beyonce. They end the interviews with talking about Beyonce. There's very little publicity that is pushed 
the same about her own solo projects. Like, I just don't understand why they do this to this woman. Why? Is it because she's been graceful in the past? Like, I don't understand why they do this to her, but they do it a lot. And they've done it for decades. Yeah, and I do think she needs to, like, to your point, and she looks like she started, like, literally put that as a stipulation in your your interview so they get the message. So if they overstep, it's kind of like you just kind of, like, dance over it and move on. And she's a classy girl, so she's never going to make it uncomfortable, but maybe she might need to make it uncomfortable. I don't know. Well, when she was on the Tigger show mm. and Tigger started to ask and all this stupid shit, she's like, well, you're going to have to ask Beyonce. I'm here done. Yeah, for done. this. Right? Okay. But that was the first time she's, she's gotten that like bold. It's unfortunate the, that she's going to have right? to do that. Yeah, uh, Because but to your point, I, how I long this think... girl's been a solo act? Like, come on. What are we I talking know, about here? Ridiculous. She's been solo for decades. That's just to tell you, mainstream media is just, like, shit. Shit. But um, I would say in terms of the racial line, I think the difference between... I think they would still ask, but I think the difference is if if, if a star in in our on, on the white side... Somebody who's white who was in that same scenario explicitly went out of their way to let people know... I don't think they'd get challenged as much. That's they wouldn't have gotten challenged. They wouldn't get the line stepping. Wouldn't be happening. No, they wouldn't even. They wouldn't even bother like putting it anywhere in the interview at all. Yeah, they wouldn't have mentioned it at all, especially if it was explicitly told. I don't want to talk nothing about her. But they here's my issue. It. So it happened, and here's here's what I'm. I don't Poor appreciate Kelly. that a lot of people are trying to make it seem like she's a diva. Like, people read the story, like, Bethany Frankel said, like, tried to blast her or something. Oh, you could have had a dressing room, like, we're not all. You know what, Bethany, about I need you not to habitual... speak about black topics. Thank right? You. But we talk, we're talking about habitual line-stepping with this woman in particular. Let me not even talk about any other black woman in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. But, because we're, we're in a moment, right? We talk about, we talk, we had a whole episode on workout on this whole hot black woman in Hollywood and conversation and Taraji mm-hmm. and everything in between. So it's like, people are seeing this and you have to stand up for yourself. And that's where I'm like, Kelly, thank you. You're a quiet girl and you, you usually just take the punches, but no, you don't need to take the punches. You've done enough. You've proven yourself, young lady. Well, not young lady, but you know, you know, woman. And and I yeah. think it's because she's stepping into a different realm. Yes. She's stepping she's like, in her Can you imagine bag. all this time? She's never gotten into the acting at all. Okay? All this time. I think and she's now done a couple she's of small roles. She's done some very small, roles. small yeah, yeah. Almost insignificant kind of Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the grand scheme of things. But mm-hmm. this is a, a role where she is really stepping out of her comfort zone. She's really, mm-hmm. you know excelling her career into a different a whole different area mm-hmm. of entertainment and all you want to talk about is not even the movie you want to no, talk so, about that's my not friend are you for <laughs> real so all this hard work that i'm putting in to 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 step out into a different area of entertainment this is this is this is the thanks i get like for real and so, you know what, Kelly, I feel really bad for you and I have for many, many years because I'm sorry to say this, darling, but you definitely are in her in Beyonce's shadow. Yes, you can right. you can come out of it. You know, I see you for who you are. Yeah, I can exactly. see you beyond Destiny's Child and Beyonce. And I can see you as an artist. And I think that you're awesome. 
I think you're an awesome artist. I think you're very talented. You do go under the radar. A lot of people don't really realize how good you are, but you are good. I think that's intentional too. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I think I think it was intentional of Beyonce's father. Oh yeah, from I, the beginning. But I mean, I from mean, the for very her, I, I mean, with how she's been right now, I think she's intentionally. I'm not trying to say she's she's not trying to be in anybody's shadow, but I mean, she's right. been more private. She's more intentional with right. the project projects she does, how she presents herself in the public. I don't think she wants. I don't think she wants something this grand grandeur. But she does obviously want some type of longevity, and she's carving that out now. I guess yes. in the acting world, and so we'll we'll see. So yes, yeah. So we're gonna move on to. You'll be okay, Kelly. Hold up your head, girl. Yeah, yeah. The we know Mm -hmm. black women know. We got you, girl. So does Sherry Shepard because (laughs) Sherry, you're too damn petty. I can't. Her team is funny. So I was gonna do. I was gonna do a quick review where time is kind of catching up on us, but I think I'm gonna do really quick. So. Kanye, uh, Kanye and Ty Dollar Sign had an album released um, called Vultures One. Um, I mean, there was a lot of rollout. There was a lot of delays mm. in it coming out and all of that. But anyway, he came out with it. I here's what I'll say: it's 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 uh, it's actually a solid album, and, and it's a combination album. Like, sorry, I don't know what you call it. When you call it, when you I'll, you know, a duo album. Mm-hmm. There's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So uh, collaboration albums are never like, well, I hate to say the name that we can't, the one that he did with Jay-Z was actually pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. And the one that, and the one that Jay-Z did with R. Kelly, hate to say it was pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. collaboration albums generally are usually just okay. They're, they're, they're like solid, but they're never yeah. like, oh, that's the, that's their best album of either artist. It's never that right. way. Cause right. as an artist, you want to hold your best stuff for you alone. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'll just generally say the music is sonically good. Very mm-hmm. good actually. And Kanye West is still in his producer King bag. No one, mm-hmm. no one can chat to him there. The raps and the songs are listen. They're good. They're just a good listen. It's nothing that. It's not my mm-hmm. best. My fate. It's not my favorite album from him. But I think it. I was actually surprised that I actually really. It's a good listen. Let me just put yeah. it that way. Mm-hmm. And so there's some songs. The themes. There's some themes here. Like we have the one that he has with his daughter. Talk with. Uh, Northwest is super cute with um, I miss Westie, your bestie, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, she's and, on the Billboard charts. You yeah, she she got her number one for the, one of the youngest people to ever a number one Billboard song. So kudos to them on talking. And um, ne- yeah, later in nepotism really works, doesn't it? Oh yeah, but I mean it works in every industry. Mm-hmm. And so um, another th- highlight is he's talking about a lot of I think his sex edition ish- issues, which he's ha- talked about, but in mm-hmm. the, like the second half later half of the song I'm like oh my god he's just out here because you know everybody's talking about the way his wife dresses and like she's mm-hmm. barely clothed and all this and we're like is this some type of humiliation there's obviously there is some there is some cheeky shit going on that's all I'm gonna say Definitely. and it and it's highlighted in the music you'll 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 get hints of it um but he's always dropped hints of his like affliction if you ask me as even when mm-hmm. he's with him and um another thing is that it's very like like there's a lot of like joy in it like joy in 
Like, it's not dark or, like, hateful. There's, like, a lot of songs where, yeah, he's calling out he has some issues with his wife or whatever. But I think in general, there is some, like, crossover of some of his Donda and his gospel. And that that there is still some inspirational stuff in this, even though it's more traditional, like, explicit hip-hop. So, you know what? Solid effort and uh, actually enjoy it. So, that's it for me on that. Yeah. Well, I was mentioning it at the top of the show, but Bob Marley's movie. So on Valentine's Day, Bob Marley's movie came out and I saw it over the long weekend that we here we had here in Toronto uh, for Family Day. And I was pleasantly surprised. I really loved uh, the movie. I think the movie honestly came from a different perspective of Bob's activism and his musical genius. It did touch on a little bit about his relationship with Rita Marley, which was his wife. Very, very dedicated wife through their marriage. They were dedicated to each other, to be quite honest. But I was so, it was so nice to see them focus on Bob's activism in Jamaica because at the time, you know, when Bob was at the height of his career, there was a lot of political uh, strife that was going on in Jamaica and a lot of people were being killed. The different political parties were at war with each other on the actual island. And Bob's music being very political, when you think about it, if you really listen to his music, his ability of addressing the, the times and what's going on and, and showing us that we should come together and we should one love, which is a part of the title of the movie. And I think the actor, uh, I, I do forget his name right now. It's not coming to me, but Kingsley, Kingsley Benieri. Thank you. Kingsley, you did an awesome job. I thought you hit it right on the mark. Yes, I understand that you're British and some people don't like the fact that you're British and they should have found someone from Jamaica. But I thought that you did a really good job in embodying this beautiful artist, which is Bob Marley. And you had his mannerisms down. You can tell that you spent a lot of time around his family, around getting to know who Bob was. And you definitely embodied him. You were, you even took on his personal, you know, how he looks like, he, you know, Bob was MAGA. He was really skinny. He was a football player and which soccer in Jamaica, that's what that is. And you were able to show us Bob again. And it was at times there was times in the movie, it was almost scary. Like it was almost like, Jesus, you look a lot like him. And you might want to check and see if you're one of his children. But anywho, no, all seriousness, I think that the movie was great. I think you should all go out and support it. What I was kind of, um, I was kind of puzzled because when we went, this is opening weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of people in the movie theater. I thought there would have been a lot more people in the movie theater than there was. I what time did you guys go? 9.45. That's a late watch. Because here's why. No, I, I agree with but what you're saying. But for a long weekend? On a Saturday? I, 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 I was going to tell you. Yeah. Here's what I was going to uh, say. I was at Town Center, uh, Scarborough Town Center, which is our main, one of our main theaters mm-hmm. where we are. Saturday evening. And I was like, I was like, wait, how come all these black people are coming out of the theater? And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh. 
They're probably thinking. So that was around six o'clock. So I do think people went out, but uh, people were out there. But I like a full theater for the Marley movie. Remember, people aren't watching movies in the theater in general. They aren't. They aren't. Especially, and then like a biopic, even less so. So I think, unless it's like a big, big, like huge action or fantasy movie, it's just really hard to get people in the theater. Right. Well, my husband actually mentioned something. He's like, do you see where we're at? And location is important. And I think that... Oh, yeah, um, that too. Okay, yeah. Where where we're located, the demographics for, you know, uh, West Indian people, there aren't a lot. There are are a lot more Asian descent people in this Mm -hmm. area. And so... It was funny because I want to give a quick joke. So while we were in the movie theater, right, there was a group of young kids. You could tell maybe in their teenage years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're starting like in the corner while the movie is going on. Mm-hmm. They started trying to speak Patois. Like they tried to speak like Bob. But you could tell they're making fun and they're mimicking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I never said that, you know, because... There was a white girl that was right behind me and my husband, and she'd take up and she'd tell all of them look up picnic them for hush up. And mm-hmm. she's like, You should have some damn respect. You know, there's people in here, this is their culture. You shouldn't you shouldn't be disgracing wow. or being rude. And it was a white girl that took care of it. And I just turned my head back and popped my popcorn, yes, because I was like, <laughs> Okay, girl, take care of them, yeah. And the whole time, my husband, he he didn't even he didn't even turn his head. He didn't even turn his head. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell him the drama, but he's the type of guy that he don't give a shit what's going on around him. You understand what I'm telling you? He's just about me and him. And as long as I'm yeah. good and he's good, he don't care. But he heard the cussing, right? <laughs> so after the movie was done, I was like, you see how the white girl took care of She's like, he's like, I didn't have to, I didn't even have to turn around. She took care of that one time. <laughs> she t- she made sure she put them so far back in their spot that they didn't mention, they didn't, we didn't hear a peep for the rest of the damn movie. And it's true. We didn't hear a damn peep. And she did fix them. And it was nice to see that she had some respect for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Even though she's not of the culture, she was respectful of the culture. And so that mm-hmm. was nice. But anyways, all in all, the movie was good. Go out and see it. Go support this black film on this black icon. Please and thanks. Nice. I'd love to know how everybody else, what everybody else thinks. So please let us know what you think about this movie. I thought it was a great depiction of Bob from a different aspect. But mm-hmm. anyhow, let's move on, my girl, because time is a ticking. Time mm-hmm. is ticking. And we're going to go into the Black History Month moments. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is where we like to talk about Black history from a positive perspective. And one situation that I saw. So in August of 2023 was the first time that a mother and daughter, Black mother and daughter, Caribbean roots, went up into space. Mm-hmm. This, this is a moment in history that has never, ever happened before, that both mother and daughter were up in space. And so I just wanted to mention that, that uh, the young lady, the the daughter, her name is Anastasia Myers. She did say that she wants to go into this field of space and, and 
going into space and she's very intrigued. This experience really uh, brought into her horizons. And so I wanted to mention it because first of all, they, when they said Caribbean, I was like, what? Lie. Mm-hmm. A lie. And so the two, the two, the mother's name is Keisha. What is it? Schieffer? Sheffer? She- mm. And the daughter's name is Anastasia Myers. And so this is the first combination ever, the first duo. So ever how did they get up there? Was it on uh, Elon Musk's ship or what? Who did they go up with? Let me see. I have to double check who they went up with. Yeah, now that you're saying I recall it, but I think it was one of those like Virgin or one of those like billionaire ships that I saw that I heard about now that you're bringing it up because when you first brought it, it didn't ring a bell. But now that you're saying it, I believe it was like one of those like uh, millionaires ships, but I don't think it was Elon. No, it wasn't Elon. I'm reading (laughs) furthermore. So... But it was definitely for. They're saying here that it was a tourist trip. Oh, it was, that it was yeah, a, it was a Virgin Virgin Galactic. So that's uh, Bronson. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. And so no, Elon didn't have nothing to do with this because you no, know no. Elon he <laughs> wants to save it all for himself. Um, but anywho, yes, and so it was nice to see that uh, these two young ladies were able to go up into space as a mother and daughter duo. I've never heard of that in all of my life. Uh, and it's nice to see that they're Caribbean roots. I mean, what else can we ask for? But what is a Black yeah. uh, history moment that you'd like to mention, Jeanette? So I was going to bring up something a little bit more local in talking about Toronto's Little Jamaica. And uh, Little Jamaica is an area around in Toronto in the Eglinton West area, Eglinton Avenue West area, um, where it is was historically, particularly from the 1950s up into the 1980s, was the hub of a lot of uh, Jamaican immigrants as the Euro Ooh. immigrants moved out of the area. It was a new area for Caribbean um, immigrants into Toronto as they came in. A lot of them came in around that time as domestic workers, helping the more affluent households a little bit outside of the area, like Bayview and other like Northwest and East. So it was a good hub for domestic workers when they came into the country. And um, it has also been known historically from the 80s up until not too long ago, um, where a lot of businesses have flourished uh, with Jamaican business owners, small business owners. So hair stores, barbers, of course, restaurants, jerk, whatever. If you want Jamaican food, people will tell you to go there. I mean, I don't know the quality now in 2024, but it was historically a place where you could go and find anything related to Jamaican culture, even like a Caribbean, there's a little touch of everything in Eglinton West. And so Mm -hmm. unfortunately, since they have, uh, the area has since been gentrified and they are, uh, and they are struggling, businesses are struggling because of the Eglinton Eglinton line West. So pretty much there's a transportation, there's a transportation thing going on, construction to expand our um, subways or whatever. And that construction has pretty much demolished the business because people can't drive there. They can't park there. And a lot, and of course, with the addition of COVID in the last four years, Mm -hmm. a lot of businesses 
Jamaican-owned business in particular had to close their doors, unfortunately. And so Eglinton West is not what it used to be, but historically the roots are still there. I'm sure there's sprinkles of everybody, but um, yeah, so that was the history of Little Jamaica. I wanted to share and with our And I remember Little Jamaica as a child, like my mom, you know, being that she is Jamaican, she wanted her own food and uh, you couldn't typically, typically get it in a grocery store. And so you would have to go to Little Jamaica to get the food that, you know, was of your country. And I remember, I remember it. I, I remember it booming. It was booming when I was a kid, like a lot of people, that was the place to be. That was the place to be. Everything West Indian was along that route, specifically Jamaican. The food, the culture, the clothes, the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it, it, it's sad to see that gentrification, how it just demolishes a whole, a whole part of our culture here in Canada because our parents want to live that on. And it's hard when the one place, you know, because of this transportation extension, because of COVID, because of it's, it's not what it used to be. And Mm. I don't, I I really hope to God that it, it gets back one day, but I don't think it will ever be what it was when I was a kid. It, it no, just it won't. It, won't. One, it just won't. Be. One one good thing before we move on about little the heritage status because mm-hmm. I mean it's a unique thing to Canada with a heritage status. But it said in April 2021, Toronto City Council voted to designate Little Jamaica as a heritage conservation heritage conservation district under study. This allows the city's planning department to study and survey the area in order to preserve it under the Ontario Heritage Act. So I like that. That's a move in the right direction. Yeah, it is a good direction. Considering the gentrification happening now, but this will protect the culture of it. And hopefully we don't lose little Jamaica and what it means to the culture. I know. All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I guess we're going to move on into, so those are the black history moments. And so we're going to move on into our workouts. Workout. Yes, workout. And this is where, you know, we take time to exercise our hearts and our mental fitness, doing deep dive discussions on topics that are affecting us. And so one topic that has gone way haywire. I didn't even know this was going on until you brought it to my attention. (laughs) That just goes to show where I've been. But so there's a TikToker by the name of, is it Risa? Risa Tisa? I say, I'm saying Risa Tisa, maybe Risa Tessa, but whatever. Everybody knows who we're talking about at this point. Risa Tisa (laughs) came out with this, uh, how many different parts of who the fuck did I marry? Okay. (laughs) So she I haven't had the opportunity of of getting too deep into details. No, me neither. Me neither. I can, I can do some setup. I, I got the want. gist. I got okay. the gist. You know, you got took. You got took, girl. Girl. <laughs> but she goes on a rant, a, a few parts of why did she, like, who the hell did she actually marry? She married this guy, finds out he's a scam artist, and... Their relationship is over and she's left high and dry with a lot of debt (laughs) 
to say the least. I want to open up the discussion about this saga. You might know more about it than I have. I haven't had a chance to get well-versed with it, so I'm going to leave that to you. However, from what Mm. I do know, Lord Jesus, desperation, desperation. It will Mm. have you do some things in these streets that defy all logic. Okay? All logic goes out the door. Mm. There was... From from the parts that I have heard, she had a whole leap of red flags. Okay. <laughs> so like a mind full, a minefield full. Okay. Yeah. Of, of red, I just don't understand. But Oh girl. So what I'll say is here here is like okay, I'll just I wanna set up the most basic way. Nobody has time to do everything about this. She did recently come out and say, you know, I don't expect anybody to watch four or five or whatever amount of hours it is. I did this as a so you could consume it as an audio book. So I'll wait. If anybody puts this in audio form or podcast form, I will listen. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'll I'm just gonna go with the cliff notes that I've gotten from people who have summarized it and the the intro video that I did watch from her. So essentially here, and and I want to get to the heart of why I think this woman got took, why it was so easier for her to get took. And it comes Mm -hmm. into how she met this man. Mm -hmm. She met this man on a Facebook dating app, which I've heard of from a lot of people is trash. I would think it would be better because it's Facebook, but you know, there's Mm -hmm. some like kind of controls and, you know, you know, connections. I don't know. I just feel like if you have access to somebody's social media, you have better access to who that person is, but I don't know. Anyway, she met him on a dating app and they set up their date. And the first date that she was supposed to go meet him on her way to the restaurant, she, her tire pops on her and she has to go pull over at to the station. And she calls him to let him know that what had happened. And he comes after hearing that, some most people would be like, "Oh, that sucks," da 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 da, you know, and be like, "Leave it at that." But yeah. he actually asked her where she is, and went to her and helped her go to the, find a nearby place to to buy a replacement t- tire, mm-hmm. and you know, helped her with that situation. And so, and also upon meeting him, she was like, "Oh, he's good looking." Foreshadowing. Remember, I said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, <laughs> he's mm-hmm. tall. Well, he's tall, and but anyway, she found him attractive, and so and and she was taken by his kindness that he went that extra mile, mm-hmm. and not only did he help her in that situation, he even bought the tire for her and everything. Right? Problem solved. So from then, now she's really got hooked in. Now, if somebody mm-hmm. does that on their first date, you're that's going to yeah. take a lot of your reservations because you're like all the things you wonder about of somebody. That demonstration would be like okay, there's a lot that happens you would you would see in somebody doing that. You know, even the fact that yeah, you Yeah, it's the beginning you. of the love bombing. It's yes, the beginning. girl. Okay, yeah. so, okay, that's how they meet. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, and that's really, I think, the crux of how she let so many red flags mm-hmm. go by. Another, mm-hmm. and, and so now I'm going to go through some headlines with this scenario. Every called he he would be on the phone regularly with his family support his brother or a friend mm-hmm. regularly and every she would, he would be on the phone like talking to these people every day finds out he was never talking to anybody my god third his mother he said passed away during recently when they were together she passed away a long time like 2015 wow 
the woman, his ex-wife or whatever that he was with, who that woman had two children, not by him, but had two children that he considered his own children. She lied and said one of the that woman's child died during COVID. Mm. Lied, the child's alive, and for as a way to borrow money from this woman, his new woman, his wife. They eventually got married. That's even worse. It got so yep. far that they got married. It got so far that she had a she she got pregnant, but she miscarried as well. Mm-hmm. She didn't actually have the child. And another thing is a uh, key point before we move on into our discussion is. He always was paying, help paying the bills, mm-hmm. and so, somehow they moved in together. It was COVID, so a lot of people, you know, a lot of people use that to their advantage. So somehow I don't know how that conversation, but somehow he ended up moving in with her. During that time, he, they were looking for a house. Uh, while I guess she maybe during the time maybe she got pregnant, and that's what they're like. They wanted they were looking for a bigger house for this to start their family or whatever. Because mm-hmm. he already said after that he was like, yeah, I want to marry you. I want to. He was saying all the right things, right? Well, he he initially had said in the very beginning that he was looking for a house, so he gave the impression yes. to her that yes, you got he, yes, exactly. He already wanted to do it. So, so now let's do it together because exactly. we're going to be together. I want to marry you other. and everything and all these things. And so he wasn't being presenting as a deadbeat he was paying the bills da, 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 da. the red the, the red flags came up when they're when the deal for the house was supposed to close and all this rigmarole was happening so that was so that first real estate agent that she had mm-hmm. was kind of calling out some things for her to concern another component of the story is during this time she never told her friends or family like the details of what was going on mm-hmm. so she kind of pushed some people away near the end. She mm-hmm. told people and that's kind of that helped her. Mm-hmm. But when all the not the early stages of this relationship, she did kind of isolate herself because maybe she knew I part of those things where you like the red flags. Are you, were you afraid that people would notice something that you were blind, willfully ignoring? I feel so because why I would think you? So. And then one well, other I, thing, you know what? I'll gi- I'll give her some grace because mm-hmm. during that period of love bombing, yes, the the honeymoon stage too, right? you kind of just focus you're on your relationship, beside yourself, right? And you're mm-hmm. so head over heels, and you're being treated well, so you know you're taking that on, and you're in bliss with that person. So I, I'm going to give her a 50-50. I think that she was ignoring the signs because she wanted to be love-bombed. She wanted to have somebody dote <coughs> over her and, and to mm. do all these things for her. But in the other sense, I think she ignored it and isolated herself because she didn't want nobody to point out the obvious. Mm. Mm. Sad, but true. And we do it every day. Mm-hmm. Another thing, red flag, I think that, like, you, you, how do I say this? So you, she was comfortable, like, so he, I could see how she could believe that she did, she wasn't with, oh, okay, so when she miscarried, when she, I'm, I'm, I'm calling these things out because there's some cracks that should have been seen. Mm -hmm. So when she miscarried and, um, Whoever was with her, her cohort or the doctors who are a cohort, I don't know who was with her when she miscarried or if anybody was with her, but it happened and he wasn't there. And the nurse, the doctors and nurses were calling him to be like, oh, when everything happened, when it was done, they're calling for him to come pick, pick her up because people can't really be in hospital anyway, right? At that time, mm-hmm. this is COVID. And uh, it's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'll. It's like they couldn't get him, and he called. And um, when he called back to see what was going on, 
he pretended to be his own assistant. Oh my god. To be like, oh, he's in a meetings, he can't come to the phone. What is what's going on? Da 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 and they tell him and they're like they need him to come pick her up. He's like, Okay, he's L he'll come up he'll come after his meetings and and then pick her up from the hospital. You're like if you're that's all that's weird too, because if your wife or partner or whatever miscarries and is in the hospital, meeting is done. Meeting Finish. what meeting? It what? could be right in the middle of the damn meeting. I could be presenting, and I get that call. Yeah, we're going to have to ravine another time. Bye-bye. Right? So all of that. So come to find out that he was lying. He was pretending like he was some type of executive at some big company. But really, he worked in like some type of uh, um, manufacturing warehouse. I think he was uh, some role there. And you know those places. You can't just pick up and leave, mm-hmm. right? Again, who cares? You, you have an emergency, but he's a liar. Okay, so I want to leave it there, and eventually she got she gets in. How it kind of ends and tails off is that she gets in contact with his ex wife because that the whole thing with getting money for the ex wife's daughter died. Yeah, mm-hmm. supposedly putting death on this woman's child, which is messed up. Is it always rubbed her the wrong way because she was just like, "How come you always have money for this, this, and that, and then all of a sudden you need money to send to this." To your ex, right? Like it was weird for some whatever like reason. You want you want me to spend my money on your ex? Yeah. So I don't remember this. There's some story excuse that he uses, obviously. But yeah. anyway, she does it. But something gets in her to call the ex-wife, and and uh, I don't remember what she was asking her about. But she never tells the ex-wife that the man told her because she said she couldn't have it in her heart to tell her that the guy put that on her daughter. Right. Right. But she's just talking to him and, and stuff. And the woman's like, did he right away tells her, like, this guy is pretty much tells a story that mirrors her own. In wow. that the man is a pathological liar and this, this, and that. And, um, yeah, and another thing that it was, it was she found out that, again, with all the, another red flag. But he must have been, like, seeing prostitutes and on sex sites a lot. And so when she confronted him about it, all the things that, like, you know, they're a couple. You and your couple, you talk about what you like. You don't like mm-hmm. So all, a lot of the things that he said that he wasn't into when they had their personal conversation about, you know, mm-hmm. what they want to do in the bedroom, he was doing with prostitutes. Mm-mm. Well, that's why he's, like, you know, and all this stuff. So it was like, yeah. So there's obviously a lot more, but I'm just trying to pinpoint all mm-hmm. the, the things where it's, mm-hmm. who would have told a normal thinking woman, a normal confident woman mm-hmm. to run for the blood clot hills. You see so, what I'm <laughs> so I'm going to stop there and we can discuss. And then, okay, so the debate is the online that I see online is there's at first, there's a lot of sympathy. I think regardless, people are sympathizing. Even if somebody's naive, if, even if somebody is, I think this was willful ignorance on her part. Mm-hmm. But it, I think uh, another thing, there, there are some people who are just like, wait a minute, come on, girl. Like, you you, you let yourself get into this this to get into, like, you went a little too far into the lie. You mm-hmm. went a little too far into this. Like, th- there's just too many things here that you let yourself be, be the fool in this situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then there's an argument now where the people say, like, you know, black women, it's hard for black women to find marriage 
partners if they, mm-hmm. you know, within the black community. It's just, a, it's a, it's a, we know it's a challenge, right? And so her friends and stuff, I'm sure she's seeing her friends and coworkers, family or whatever, getting their, you know, happy story mm-hmm. with marriage and family. And I think maybe she was in a really low spot and vulnerable spot mm-hmm. when, she, when she met this person and allowed her to wilf again, I'm saying willfully get into a situation that was messed up and I'm still waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the the lifetime, the Tyler right? Perry, the the audio book. Somebody it's gonna happen. I mean I'm sorry, it's good it's literally gonna happen. Maybe I so see Tyler on that. Tyler is going to take it. This is literally a Tyler Perry script. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. fact is, at first I was like, no, this girl is too good at telling this story. Is this this a fraud? But when the ex-wife now came out, and then they found him and he came out, I was like, oh shit, it's a real story. This is real. This is real. So, okay, but now the people are saying that, you know, black women that pressure she felt from society or culture or her social circle mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to be married and have start her family and have her person and, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever is expected of her as a woman or whatever in her mind, mm-hmm. a lot opened her up to this. And if society didn't have that, or she didn't put that pressure on herself, she wouldn't have got herself in this mess. But, you know, from what you know, and what you see, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts? Are you more sympathized? Or are you more like she's a fool? <laughs> I kind, I know, I I know, I should take a side, but I'm kind of in the middle. Me too. I'm, I'm kind I am of too. in the middle, only because I am a black woman, and you know, I just got married the other day. Okay, so mm-hmm. I've been her. I've been her. And I've been in situations where you just want to be loved. You just want, and at this point, you know, for her, I don't know if it mattered what race he was, but I think this comes a point as a young woman, regardless of the pressures of the world, mm-hmm. you want to be loved and you want to have your happily ever after. You know what I mean? Just like every other woman. Now, that happily ever after could look different for you than another woman, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, generally speaking, we kind of want that. And so I can understand from that perspective. However, girl, I have gone through it with these men. And so I learned from every one of them. Every one of them. And they kind of built the woman I am today. Because I learned from my mistakes. And yeah, you want to be loved, but this, you want, you don't want to, you don't want a fantasy. You really don't. You want someone that's true and that's real and that what you have with them is real. I think she deliberately saw the red signs. I saw, I think that she saw them they were shining brightly red in her eye, but she chose to ignore it because she wanted whatever she wanted, whether she was feeling pressured, whether she just wanted to be loved, whether she just wanted to have a, you know, be in a relationship with someone, have someone to care 
for her, whatever it was, I think she deliberately ignored those signs. So I can understand from that perspective, like why she might've done what she did, but it takes two, it takes two to play this game. It takes two to play this game. There's no way he should be in your house before you're even dead for a year. Okay, and from what the right? understanding like, I got was this was quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, and, there you go. Uh, and and it was within a six month span. It sounds like mm. that's too that's too little time for you to come and be up in my house. I don't care what the hell the pandemic is saying. If all we can do is FaceTime, then we're gonna be the best FaceTime relationship that is out there. I'm not letting no. And I have learned lessons from men who it didn't work out with. Like one of my rules, and I say this all the time, if in the first three months he's telling you about his his finances mm. and how he needs money and he can't pay for this and he's having problems with that, hit the road, Jack. You better be <laughs> gone. You better, you better pick up yourself and leave quick time and in a hurry because that man right there, he's trying to use you. And so that's something I've learned. And I'm sure she's not you know, a little girl. She's a grown-ass woman, right? Mm -hmm. So I would think that she would have learned some life lessons and she knows within her heart that she was being taken for. But she wanted what she wanted so badly that she was willing to ignore certain things. Because you now have to ask yourself the question, why would you even think to contact his ex? Why would you do that? Yeah, Why? there's more. There, it's again, I don't. I know there's, there's a I'm whole sure. lot of context to it. Yeah, right? but there obviously was something in you that said, "This don't feel right here." Let me find out more. Let me call people he used to know. Let me talk to people that are supposed to be in his life. You know, so there was something in you that you were ignoring that you couldn't ignore anymore and then you had to explore and when you explored you found out the truth so to ask the question who the fuck did i marry the question should be to yourself mm. why you should be asking nobody that question <laughs> okay you should be asking yourself who the hell did i really marry for real for real um and you should have asked that before like who who's in my house who's How in my that? house who's in my house who the hell is in my house okay who the hell is in my bed who the hell who who, who the hell am i talking to who the listen girl there's a whole leap of who the f's should you have asked way before you accept marriage proposal way before you you, you said i do you know so I don't really feel bad for her, but I do feel bad for her because I was her at one point in my life, like yeah. wanting that love of a lifetime and, and having companionship like, um, you know, but, uh, I had to, you know, I had to be around a lot of frogs first. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to sum up my thoughts, which, or I'm with you. Um, I'm in the middle of where my feelings, I do sympathize, but I also feel like there was a lot of willful ignorance on her part. And I'm going to summarize it with this. 
tweet that I saw from uh, this podcast. She's gonna, I, she's gonna drop the to? mic, everybody. She's gonna drop the mic. Okay, let's. No, hear. no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> You're gonna drop I'm just the mic. Try, <laughs> I'm not gonna drop. It's not my words, so I'm not dropping them. It's not my words, so I'm not gonna drop the mic. I think there's more coming out of this. So I think we're just touching on it, but it was just like we it's like everywhere, so we had to. But yeah, no. This is just and gonna this is wrap an issue up issue that affects our black women. community, black women in particular. So it's hard particular. for me to to be yeah. judgmental of her. But so she said, This fifty part TikTok series that has been on the internet has the internet in a so this fifty part TikTok series that has the internet in a chokehold. This lady's story is one of many disastrous outcomes of telling women their only or greatest worth is in marriage and motherhood or worse. They are worthless. If they are if they are not married or a mother and put them on a timeline to achieve this, achieve in quotations. Mm-hmm. This lady by this lady by her own mouth made a lot of bad decisions and ignored many red flags, but that didn't happen in a bubble. You continuously tell women they are worthless without a husband and child and treat them as though they are worthless are worthless then be shocked and appalled that women so do desperate shit to be married and there we go that was her and thought there we go and you know what to be honest that goes for all women all women yeah all of us because you know we're fed this idea from society that that's what we're supposed to do now as a christian as a christian woman I do I do see the importance of a woman and in a family setting and all of the rest. I see it. I get it. I understand God's divine plan uh, and I understand that. The the time that we're living in unfortunately, there's more of these type of dudes out here than there are dudes who are serious and who are legit and really want the same things as women want to be the head of a household and, and to protect and provide and do all the rest. I feel, I feel uh, sad for her only because why would you feel that you had to ignore those red flags? Mm. Because you did, you did. And we all do, you know, we all do, but let's also keep it a buck that black women the statistics are out there that we're less likely to get married, that we're more likely to just be baby mothers. Okay. That we are more likely to do this, that, and the third. And I think that as black women, we should not feed into that. Don't let's not feed into that because when we do, then we end up in situations like this where we're willing to ignore our obvious instincts you know, our obvious gut reaction that, no, he should, what's going on here? This doesn't seem right. It does, We should follow those instincts. So we shouldn't feed into this narrative that is always pushed upon us Black women, you know? And I believe that everybody has their person out there. God assigned everybody a person. And when the time comes, you will meet that person. And what I hope for her, just on a positive note, is that she was able to get this off her chest, that she was mm. able to move forward, that she was able to expose this man so that another woman doesn't have to get taken. And I, I really hope that she finds the love that she deserves. After all of this experience, I hope she's learned from it. 
I hope it was a valuable experience for her to actually move forward and to find the love of her life, you know, or to let that love of her life find her. Yeah. You know, it's sad that she had to go to the internet about this though, because when I did see how much time she spent on this, it's about a five hour situation here. Oh, she's going to reap the benefits for sure. I she see sure it. will, because Tyler will be knocking on her door in a hot <laughs> minute. Tyler, I can hear it now. Okay. But you know what? I think that what we should do as a society is, can we just lay off of women? Like, can, can, can we just like lay off? You know what I mean? Like if, when we do, we do. When we get married, we get married. When we have children, we have children. Like, just lay off. Like, how about we explore women for what other values they have? Like, what other things that they have? Their intelligence, their, you know, resilience. Their, you know, like, they're so, we're so much more than just wives and mothers. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, God made us special that way. So I think maybe we should look into those things and push those narratives on our young girls and focus on those things a little bit more so that we don't have to grow up feeling like, oh, I have to do it by this time and I have to have this by this time. Because uh, there was a point where I felt the same. You know, I felt the pressures. And so, you know what, with that being said, I hope that this lady has learned a valuable lesson and I hope that she's empowered other women who might be in situations that just don't feel right and they know it just doesn't feel right, that they don't just stay in a situation that doesn't feel right, that they come out of that situation and look and see for it, what it is. Like, be truthful to yourself. And my last, my last thing to say is, the worst thing you can do in this world is lie to yourself. Okay? You can lie to the whole world, but don't lie to yourself. And that's exactly what this young lady did. Where she lied to herself. She knew what was obvious. She knew she could see it. She could it didn't feel right her intuition, her gut feeling, but she kept lying to herself. That it's not what she sees. It's not what she thinks. It's not what it is. And that's the worst thing you could do to yourself is lie to yourself. So don't do that, everybody. Be truthful to yourself. See it for what it is. And so if there's anything else you had to say about Ms. No, we can wrap saga, it up. We can wrap it up. Yes. Tyler, go holler at this lady right here, please. Don't let her five-hour sitcom or whatever, go to waste, please, and thanks. Um, and we do hope that your hearts and your minds were activated on this week's show. So whether you lead with your heart or your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful. We will talk to y'all real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.